Hey everybody, before you listen to this week's episode of Bad Movie Date Night, I wanted to take a second and thank all of the people who have continued to listen to us through the last year in this weird period where we haven't uploaded as many podcasts as we had hoped. We spent the last few weeks or so making tweaks to our current format and our audio, and we'll be ready to unveil everything to you on August 2nd. And contrary to what I say at the end of this episode, we are on Instagram and Twitter, and you should definitely go check us out, at Journey Into Film so you don't miss out on anything coming down the pipeline. Again, that's at Journey Into Film. So until then, we hope you enjoy this episode on Killer Workout. What is that? What is that? They're eating her. That wouldn't do at all. Oh, and then they're going to eat me. This isn't plans one through eight from outer space. This is plan nine. Oh, hi, Mark. This is the one that worked. You got ten. Let's do it. It's only been how many weeks since we recorded? How many months? And no new episodes have been released. I know, and we have so many. You're just sitting on them. I know. I need to stop being lazy. (laughs) And get those podcasts out. Yes. And before, when we were planning on doing April Fool's Day, it would have made sense. Well, I was going to release that one before the other two and say, like, hey, we were trying some things out. And they may not have worked that well yet, and we're still trying things out. But now that we're not doing that, um, I'm just going to end up releasing this one. And, this one uh, first? No, no, no. This one's still going to come after it, but uh. who knows if people will still listen after <laughs> you know we've been trying to... Oh, well, they're going to miss a good one. They are going to miss a good one. This is uh, the movie that we're talking about today, which we'll introduce in a second. Uh, it's one of the many times where we felt like we should have recorded a commentary while watching the movie. Definitely. Because that would have been more entertaining than trying to figure out the movie after the fact. Anyways, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast where we attempt to take bad movies seriously, treat them how they should be treated, and we believe that inside every bad film is an overlooked piece of art waiting to be revealed. I'm Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com still, and with me as always is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we are talking about the 1987 slasher, Killer Workout. And what a piece of art this movie is. It is a masterpiece. (laughs) Originally titled Aerobicide. Also a good name. It would have been a great... I like this one too, though. Killer Workout also good i mean you really can't go wrong with the title of this movie there are too many amazing puns and or approaches to conveying the fact that the deaths occur at an aerobics <laughs> studio i mean look at that look at this poster on uh wikipedia you got jamie up there oh doing what she was in the movie to do right you got muscular guys and the detective is that the detective it is supposed to be i believe you can't really tell no this caitlin how would you describe this movie to someone it was amazing it was everything you want in a 
enjoyable film. But like, <laughs> like, if I had to give him a little synopsis, yeah, like, what is your short hot take on this movie? Um, I would say it is about a whole bunch of people who die in a workout studio. Specifically an aerobic studio. Right, but they also have weightlifting because there's people that die from that. Yes, there are. Um, I mean, I think that's it. That's all the movie has. I mean, that's what it's there to do. There are no less than five aerobics workout sequences where it's just music and (laughs) women doing aerobics in 80s aerobics attire. Which is like something we should bring back. I'm not going to disagree with that. But like even if you look at all the the pictures from it, it's like all of the close-ups from the aerobics plus yeah. like some of them. Actually, one of the pictures spoils the ending of the movie, which I think is kind of interesting. Like the big reveal yeah. of who is killing people. But like even after even in the midst of all of these pictures of things happening, like it's still primarily pictures of aerobics. Like this movie was probably 50% aerobics. <laughs> and you would think that we're going to say 50% plot. It was probably like 10% plot, 40% kills. <laughs> okay. What do you think the pitch was for this movie? What do I think? I really think that the pitch of this movie was we're going to have a serial killer in an aerobic studio. Because, like, I'm imagining in the 80s, like, maybe aerobics was really, really big. Which it was. Okay. So they were like, this is a really hip thing. Girls like to, you know, come in, do their workouts in their ridiculous outfits. You probably feel safe at a gym because right. you got these muscular men walking around. Okay, so he was like, so I'm going to propose killer comps. Okay. I'm going to flip the safety on its head and show you that even people who exercise can't save themselves <laughs> from death. Uh, this movie was directed by David A. Pryor, who also wrote the movie, and he does not have many no, like known works to his name. This was kind of his niche, but he probably aerobics stopped becoming a popu- popular after this. So. I mean, a lot of his movies seem primarily to be like testosterone, shirtless, muscular guy with guns type stuff more than like slashers. Okay. Like literally one of his movies is called Double Threat and the cover of the movie is a gun it's a film strip turning into a gun with a shirtless man and two scantily clad women standing next to him. He also has hostile environment, which in this case, it's a woman holding a gun. Oh, diversity. And two men who very clearly have tank tops and large muscles. So if that kind of gives you like his wheelhouse of like what he makes, which it definitely you can kind of tell that that's like, what he focuses on. Yeah. Like the human body at its peak stereotypical peak. Um, he likes to be in shape. I wonder what he looks like. Is he in shape? 
I don't know. I don't think there's not a picture of him. Yeah, he's probably not. That that's exactly what I would imagine. <laughs> um, let's see. So it stars uh Marsha Carr, David Campbell, Fritz Matthews, Ted Pryor, Teresa Vanderwood, and um, I don't recognize the name of any of these other characters, so they're mm, probably not that important. So that just goes to show you that this is a, a great film. Is a great movie because nobody went on to do anything else. <laughs> um, obviously, this came out at the height of '80s horror. It was probably capitalizing on literally everything. You know, this movie is unique in that this is the first time that I've seen anyone killed with a giant safety pin. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen another movie use a safety pin as a murder weapon consistently. I mean, when we say safety pin, like not like giant safety. Pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, would you say like soda can size? Yeah, I think that'd be a good size. That's yeah. probably the closest comparison to it now while bigger than your average safety pin obviously a safety pin's not that large so you're gonna have to stab someone multiple times right not really my choice of a murder weapon no but but if it's also your key ring then i guess you know you use what you have around you that's you don't want to go buy a murder weapon no, because that's too suspicious. You just use what you already have. Okay. And if you're a woman, in the case of this movie, you know. You have a giant safety pin as yeah. your key ring. Yeah. And Not the letter opener, though. That was very sharp. That stabbed through that apple in a yeah, second. Yeah, that seemed like an odd choice. Like, very clearly an, an attempt at, like, a red herring. Yeah. But we already knew that she was using the safety pin. So that was interesting. <laughs> Um, I, here, here's a question, Caitlin, we've seen the first installment of the In Search of Darkness 80s documentaries. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this movie deserved to be on that list? Yes. Yeah. 1000%. Like, do you think that this movie deserves more recognition? Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't have a bigger cult following. I think that it does everything that everyone loves 80s horror to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, I think it had, the only thing that like cliche that it's missing is it doesn't take place at a summer camp. True. Everything else is there. I mean, and it's like not a man killer, but you know. Hey, you know, maybe it was following more in like a Dario Argento giallo footstep by yeah. having a female. Maybe that's murderer. why I liked it so much. Because you like when women are the villains? Sometimes, yeah. So not only do you find the villains more attractive than the heroes, <laughs> you also like when women are not the heroes. No. Maybe. So, okay. This movie has everything. Because yeah. it has like um, some really great kills. It has a fight sequence. Arguably, my favorite kill is... We'll talk about the fight sequence. Arguably, my favorite kill is the tanning bed. Yeah, that was Which a isn't good even kill. connected directly to the murders. That's no. just kind of what starts the whole movie. 
Um, it has an amazing soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack in this was awesome. It was so good. Uh, it has your typical, like, uh, change of pace when the killer's on, getting ready to kill. It's got your jump scares. Got a couple jump scares. Uh, it literally has everything that you need to make a good 80s slasher. Boom, has it. And the killer gets away with it. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. So, all in all, great film. If you like 80s slashers, you should go watch this one. And it should have a cult following because it's very good. I mean, I would say it doesn't have much of a plot, but the plot that it does have is enjoyable. It's pretty I much, could follow it. <laughs> it's pretty much just a, well, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> A lot to drink when we watched this, so we needed something that was easy to follow. <laughs> this movie was brought to you by Margaritas. <laughs> a whole pitcher full a between pitch. the two of us. It was a good movie. <laughs> it was a great movie. Should have recorded our live commentary. What would you say... So, yeah, the, the plot is very thin. It's more so just people appearing to be killed or like eye candy for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what else can you ask for? If you're looking for a horror movie, that's just like an hour. And I think this movie is like only like an hour and 20 minutes. Like it really is not that long. Yeah. Hour and 25 minutes of just people dying with some aerobics in between and then a plot twist and then another plot twist. This movie is for you. Yes, it is. So let's talk about a couple different things. Because I would say overall, there is not much to contribute to the makings of a good movie in here. Right. The screenplay is poor. (laughs) There actually, I do remember saying to you, there were a couple moments where characters would say things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was a good line of dialogue. But then it was surrounded by like 10 minutes of just stereotypical crap. Right. I really wish that I could remember what they had said. We really need to start taking notes during this anymore. The detective was incompetent and didn't really, wasn't really part of the movie. I, I don't know about that. I feel like he, he was part of the film or no, maybe I'm thinking about that. The, the guy they hired the private detective yeah yeah he was he was yeah he did a better job than the actual detective did but even he was like okay he wasn't great at his job (laughs) i'm not saying he was good at his job but he was involved i mean to the point where he's sleeping around with the people who go there to work out but he was involved yeah so let's just kind of highlight some plot points real quick and then we can talk more about characters and stuff. Because I, I do feel like I have the makings for a good conversation about this. The movie starts with this anonymous woman who literally purposefully has her head turned away from the camera another shot, every shot. Even when it is unnatural for her head to be turned away from the camera, it is. Because you don't want to know who this person is. Right. And she gets a call that she's in a modeling job after already putting food to heat up in the microwave, and instead of waiting for her food to be done, she just leaves 
because she decides she needs a late night tan to prepare you for know, this modeling job. Your 24 hour tanning salon. Right. She gets into the tanning booth and it blows up. Yeah. Uh, well, it burns her alive. Does somebody kill her? That's a valid question because it seems like the machine malfunctioned. Right. But it also seemed like sabotage. Yeah. Like somebody, like somebody called her and said, Hey, you've got this modeling job Mm -hmm. knowing that she was then going to go get a tan. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she was sabotaged. We'll go with it. Uh, some we cut to five years later, there's this workout place. People start dying. This new guy, Chuck shows up and he's asking questions and not really doing his job of being a fitness instructor. Like, you remember he gets Are you talking the, about the guy that shows up? Um, the private detective. And he takes out the trash and then just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He shows up for work. Rhonda, who Rhonda owns the place. It's called Rhonda's Workout. She gets mad that her partner hired this guy. Yeah, without talking to her. Without talking to her. Probably justified, but right. whatever. You do what you got to do. He takes, she gets mad at him, won't let him teach any classes, so tells him to take the trash out. And while he does, one of the other fitness instructors, I think Jimmy, there were two, there were two instructors in this that looked very much the same. Yeah, it was hard to tell like anyone apart in this movie. Yeah. Jimmy and what was the other guy? Tom, maybe? I have no idea. I do think it starts with a T, though. Yeah. Either way, one of them shows up, gets into a fight. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. That sounds right. Tommy, Jimmy. <laughs> sure. I'm just going off of the, the cast yeah. thing. I Jimmy's the only one I remember because he's the only one who was important later. Mm-hmm. Chuck, this new hire, gets into a fight with him in the middle of the parking lot. And one of the, while one of the girls is leaving... Doesn't he try to hit him with his car? Yeah, or- he does try to hit him with his car, like, as he's leaving. Like, this guy, this this fitness, Jimmy, shows up as if he's going to work his shift and then gets in a fight and then leaves. Yeah. So that's the kind of... Well, yeah, and remember the first scene that we're introduced to the one girl? Jamie. Jamie, she shows up and she's like, sorry, I'm late for my shift. And then, like, it's... She's like, it's fine. Just start cleaning up and turn off all the lights. It's like, how late for your shift were you? Yeah, she just... That's, she got there at, at the point, end of the... Like, wife and bother. Yeah. At that point, it's... You haven't shown up for your shift at all. Oh, my like, goodness. So people... Rhonda is a... You know why... Uh, just just saying it right now. You know why Rhonda probably snapped? Because no one was working their shift. Right. She had to pick up all the slack. Yeah. I would justifiably kill everybody. Right. Or fire them. Well, fire them. <laughs> I wouldn't kill them. That would be bad. I feel like there's other steps you could do before murder. That, yeah, murder is obviously a last resort, I guess. <laughs> Firing them would be a better start. Firing them or setting them on fire. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that's, and then Chuck leaves with one of the girls in the work aerobics class to, like, have sex with her at her house. 
But I think he like shows up at her house. She puts on a robe and then he leaves. After making a phone call. After making a phone call on her phone that was in her backyard. That was clearly not plugged into anything. Right. So this movie predicted cell phones. (laughs) Yeah. So then through weird circumstances, the police officer, the detective finds out that it's Rhonda, but then they catch Jimmy committing murders and they're like, oh, I guess Jimmy did it. But then the detective's not convinced, and so he takes Rhonda out into the middle of the woods. I don't know why he took her there, because she very easily overtook him and murdered him. Yeah. And then buried... I'm assuming she buried him out there. Why did he even take her out to the woods? Great question, but it made her job very convenient. Yeah, she was like, this worked out for me. So, but the important thing, and this is where I'm going to ask you a question... The important thing is Rhonda was the girl from the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. in the ta- the tanning booth and her name was Valerie and she was burned alive and she has burns covering the entirety Just, of her body mm-hmm. but conveniently not her neck. Right, not neck or face. But not her face. Just the back of her head so that she can wear a wig. Right. And her body from the neck down so that she can wear sweaters and cover up her burns. Right. And the implication is that she started killing people because she felt unattractive compared to all of the aerobics people in the movie. That's what I understood, yeah. So let me, this. I guess this is where we can dive into, like, if this movie has any depth. Because obviously something very traumatic happened to her. Yes. Like what, what, how do you think, or like, why did she snap and start killing people? Like what leads somebody to that point? I think like she was probably so bitter because like she had to find a new career too because like she can't be a model anymore. Yeah. So she had to like give up her life. She had to find a new career. She sees all these pretty like other people walking around And she's, like, just bitter, and she just snaps. Do you think she tried to find modeling work after? No, I think she, like, immediately was like, I know I have to do something else. I can still make my body look good, but, like, by staying in shape. But I gotta cover it up. But I gotta cover it up, and then she's getting mad. I guess that makes sense. She seems like she was antisocial before it happened, too. So I think, think she, so? like, stayed antisocial after. Yeah. Okay. But Interesting. I wonder how many people out there... Resort to murder after being burned yeah. all over their body? Like, yeah. in real life? In, or in real just... life. Actually, that's a good question. Remember that movie, The Burning, where the camp counselor, they played the prank on him and the prank went wrong and he burned alive Mm -hmm. and then he started murdering people? Right. Didn't he escape from a mental facility? Why did they assume that, I guess you're burned alive, you go to a mental? (laughs) Why wasn't she in a mental facility then? (laughs) She was burned alive. For being burned alive. I don't know. I don't know. How many people survive 
being burned a lot. Yeah, because I don't think she should have survived being... She was trapped in the tanning bed. Yeah, which this... I don't know what a 1980s tanning bed looks like, but this was basically a coffin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it looked fine. I mean, it didn't close all the way. I mean, they don't now. Right, so, so I think it looked fine. Yeah, I w- I'm just saying that I feel like compared to tanning beds today... That one seemed more dangerous and yeah, less escapable. But it was the 80s, though. In the 80s, they weren't worried about exploding tanning beds like right. we are today. Right. <laughs> Actually, they probably redesigned tanning because beds after this. seeing this movie. Right. They're like, we can't. How can a movie happening? be bad if it contributed to the safety of tanning beds? Right. But now, actually, no, Nigel, she was. Nigel, I'm, I feel like we should have watched this movie again. She was. Someone did try to kill her because remember we see that hand. Do we see a hand? Yeah, we see a hand. Like do what? I think it like did something with like bashing the thing. But she didn't react inside the thing when it was I don't bashing. Remember. It just... I know we saw a hand though. You're are you thinking about the hand like her gloved hands when we see them later? Now I'm I'm not certain. Now I have no idea. <laughs> Am I making you second guess everything? Yeah, I, I'm starting to question everything. Did I even watch this movie? I don't know. Sometimes I think that we should just play the movie in the background while we're talking about it. That's so not we a have, bad like, idea. Things to talk about. But uh I can't remember what I feel like I remember seeing a hand though. Cause I really feel like she was murdered. I feel like she was murdered. I don't know. I guess we'll just, we're going to find out here in a second. But, like, what makes you think that, what percentage of people do you think, like, start murdering people after something traumatic happens to them? Yeah. That's oh, what just I being, know. We're just talking about trauma well, in general. Yeah, like now not, I just kind of want to know, like, trauma in general. Yeah. How many people. With, like, I guess maybe I thought she was murdered because of, like, the point of view. Yeah, because, like, the camera shot, like, it kind of slowly glides in on it. Again, still very awkward that her head is turned away from the camera. But, you know, what do we know? So. um, Oh, maybe she she not. Yeah, see, it just kind of, the control panel just, like. Malfunctions and. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, but I guess, like, if you're making a tanning bed that looks like that, it's probably... Gonna malfunction? Yeah, it's probably gonna malfunction a little bit. I think I think the number of people who start murdering people after trauma is probably lower than you'd think it is. I mean, I agree. I, I definitely Because agree. everybody has trauma. We're not all going around killing people. Right. I just want to know what percentage. I would say... And to what degree. Of the people who commit trauma, or commit trauma. (laughs) People who commit trauma. The people who commit trauma. The people who experience trauma, I would say maybe less than 10%. Oh, that's too high, I think. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think think that's like right in the wheel. Like, I mean... Because I don't think... That's, I feel like everyone in the world experiences some sort of trauma. Right. So taking into consideration that that's like millions of people, like let's say 6%, that's like 
Maybe that's what the African warlords are doing. The African warlords? Yeah. They experience trauma. They are burned alive as children. Now they're just murdering everybody else. I like how this episode started talking about <laughs> African that's, warlords. Now. That's how good this movie was. It's so deep. It starts getting into politics today. Yeah. What? That's Obvi- a good movie. Obviously, this movie uh, is nothing new in the terms of traumatic experience. All of a sudden, I'm a murderer. Right. Uh, but it is kind of interesting because I think you do start wondering, like, why? Why is that your next choice to, like, right. start murdering people? And why would she murder the men? Yeah, I know. I didn't understand. I don't that know. Maybe that was Jimmy, because I Jimmy tried to take the heat for her. Because he was like obsessed with her. He wanted her, and dating her, he wanted those things badly. Yes. But she did not give him the time of day, which is I think is understandable. You your body's covered in. You're murdering people. You don't have time for a relationship. Well, that <laughs> you know, you're shy about your body. You. Right. Uh, are murdering people. Um, when do you have time for a relationship? Answer, probably never. Right. They did not have to show us her body, though. Yeah, I kind of wish they would have kept that. Like, um, like I get, like, okay, so we see the back of her head. That's enough. That would have been enough, <laughs> I think. I think that would have been, that would have raised a lot of questions, though. So maybe, like, a leg. Like yeah. The leg would have been good. Or her arm. Yeah, but we don't need to see, like, burnt boobies. No. <laughs> that was gross. Yeah. I feel like if we started making t-shirts based off of things that we say on our podcast, we should have a shirt that says, I don't need to see burnt boobies. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I was going to say that I just think that maybe she was killing the guys because it was like an extension because they were attractive just like the women were yeah. like like she started getting into like yeah different territories yeah 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 i'm impressed that she killed that one girl while Jamie was there cleaning up and yeah. didn't no like Jamie Obviously, when you Jamie's murder with a smart. safety pin, it's not that loud of a weapon. People the, don't probably don't scream. True. I thought the girl in the shower did scream, though. Yeah, but the shower is when you can't hear anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because water is <laughs> so loud that right. it covers up all the sounds of it. Um, I liked the joke hand in the locker. Oh, that was hilarious. I don't know who Linda is. No. But Linda, Linda. had uh, this hand, this like fake hand that would pop out of her locker door anytime she opened it. <laughs> so like the first time you see it, you're like, oh, no, like they killed a white girl instead of a black girl. Because, well, because the, the there's first girl reasons that dies is a black girl. Yeah. And. They stick her in a locker. So when they go to open the locker, you see this hand from Linda's locker. And you think, oh, no, they got a white girl, too. (laughs) But no, it's just Linda has a fake hand in her locker. That's hilarious. I guess in case she ever needs a hand. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And, like, the detective was intrigued by it. Yeah. 
But he was also bad at his job. So, yeah, he ended up um, not figure. I mean, he I guess he did figure out who the murderer was, but he let her go very quickly. Well, he accused her, but then Jimmy was killing somebody while he was yeah. with her. Why was Jimmy killing someone? We just talked about this because he was trying to he was trying to take the heat for Rhonda because he was in love with her. Who did he kill? I think he killed Jamie. Because you remember at the end she was hanging? No, I thought Rhonda did that. No, because they because that was when they were like, oh, the killer has a different M.O. Like, they're like. Oh, yeah. And. How much do you have to be in love with someone to take the rap for murdering? Because I'll tell you what, if you murder somebody, I'm not taking the fall for you. That's on you, Buster. I would not expect you to. Right? I don't. And Rhonda definitely didn't ask Jimmy no, to take no, the rap No, no, she for definitely her. didn't. She was very firm in her, yeah. don't, like, I'm not interested in you. Right. I don't care how big your muscles are. Right. And, uh. So how, like, so he did it all willingly. So, like, how much do you have to love someone to be like. I'll murder somebody so you don't get in trouble. Look, okay. I know that, like, obviously you're in the mental health field, so I want to be careful with how I word this. But, and I'm not going, I know it's not going to come out Uh-oh. that way. But who do you think is more crazy? Jimmy for killing people in the name of love, air quotes on that one, or Rhonda killing because she's angry that people aren't burnt like she is i feel like jimmy because he like he doesn't have motivation other than he's trying to get someone's attention to love him right i don't it really wasn't for attention though it was just kind of to draw the tension away from her it was almost like he wanted well, to no, get caught but like i think like also in a way of like if i do this she'll love me like if i if I take the rap for her, she'll finally be mine type thing. But you'll be in jail, so why? Right. I don't think he was all. Yeah, there. I guess you're right. But I st- But then, like, on the other hand, you're killing people because you're jealous that they're more attractive than you? That I mean, that's just a selfish thing to do, but... I guess, like, I you don't like... care if you go to jail for that, or... In the same way that Jimmy didn't care if he went to jail? Yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean, but we don't know Jimmy's, like, past trauma, but I just feel like... It's a little understandable Rhonda that Rhonda like, was killing yeah. people. <laughs> She's got reasons. She's a burn victim. Sure. <laughs> she seems just, like, that shallow, though, you know, as, like... She's a, um, a model, and like you get that phone call from um, one of her friends at the beginning, where I need to borrow that sexy dress that you have, and yeah, that shows all the skin, so you can tell she was very like vain. Yeah. And then I think she is angry that she doesn't look that way anymore, and takes it out on people. Yeah, I didn't necessarily get that impression from her though, because she seemed so normal like oh i'm a business person i own this business yeah it was her front yeah but she was doing it for five years what was she doing just biding her time gathering oh i think she was slowly murdering people 
You think that she had started murdering yeah, people like right away? Yeah. And then it, it just, just kind of escalated and she got caught. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's my theory. Did you like how at the end of the movie, nobody attractive wanted to work out at the studio anymore? Like they had all those fat people on uh, the bikes and stuff. You know, you're going to get murdered. You think so? You yeah. think they had no, like at that point, people yeah. were like, if you're attractive, don't go to Rhonda's because then you'll die. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go there at all. Do you think but... she killed everybody over time? No, not everyone, but enough people. Enough people to prevent them from going there anymore? Yeah. Okay. You like how that kid spray painted the, um, did he, I think he said like a robicide, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he sprayed, the, yeah. He sprayed a robicide death spa. Yeah. Which there I is like a movie that. called Death Spa that came <gasps> out a few years later that is no relation to it. Oh, man, it should. It should have a connection to it. That would be insane. Death spa. Gruesome deaths occur begin to occur at a hip Los Angeles health club. Oh my gosh, we need to watch this one. What we is it, should. like the same plot? It sounds like the same plot. Okay, sign me up. It looks like the deaths are a little bit more gruesome in it. Probably has less aerobic scenes, so I'm not going to be into it. <laughs> Do you like how <laughs> this movie poster is just a butt? <laughs> oh, that's, that's Strange great. things are brewing at the local gym. Well, this is not a great tagline for a gym. Brewing? Ooh, especially with a butt? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Can you guess what the uh, tagline for Killer Workout was? Oh, man. Um, I bet you could probably come up with a pretty good one on your own. That's probably pretty close to it. Like, something like, this exercise will kill you. <laughs> You're not too far off. What is it? The actual tagline, tagline is, this workout will kill you. Oh, I was so close. You, you were pretty much spot on. And then uh, they also have something very unhealthy is happening at Rhonda's Health Club. That is so stupid. <laughs> something very unhealthy. Okay. We need to watch Graduation Day. I'm excited about that one. Oh, man. But I do think this movie had a great soundtrack. So I think that... That regardless of the film itself, the soundtrack made up for it. Yeah. This movie, in a weird sort of way, had a pretty good atmosphere to it. Yeah. Like, not the best, but it definitely captured... Obviously, it took, it took place in the 80s, and it also was made in the 80s, so it captured the spirit of the 80s in a way that I think a lot of things today feel disingenuine. Yes. Like when they do aerobics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, go figure. The original is going to be better than an imitation. But not only do you have that, but you just kind of have... It's not like a scary atmosphere, but it is definitely... There's like some kind of intrigue to everything. I realize that I'm not making sense. I'm just kind of rambling more and more, but it, it was it was very genuine and it it 
encapsulated a lot of what makes the 80s the 80s. And a lot of what we think about the 80s. Right. Slashers and aerobics. Right. And those outfits. And those outfits. So, I think I've run out of things to say about this movie. This one was kind of short. Yeah, it's a very short movie, but it's definitely, like, um, a must-watch. Yeah, this movie deserves way more credit than it gets. Mm -hmm. I've seen slashers that are less fun to watch than this one is. And they get more attention, and I don't know why. Yeah. This one is definitely worthy of a... Some sort of restoration. Yeah. Cause yeah, because that one scene. <laughs> the version that you can watch on Amazon Prime looks like it was ripped off of a VHS tape. Yeah. Because at some point, like, there's all this aliasing and color nonsense and static. and. If you ever find this movie for sale, you should buy it. I'm there, talking to you. <laughs> there is a Blu-ray version of it. Yeah. But it's basically what we saw on Prime. I mean, I would buy it just so we had it. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that adds to the charm of yeah. it. All the VHS nonsense. Yeah. There are no real relationships in this. I mean, everyone wants to be with everyone, but everyone hates everyone. <laughs> yeah. I would say that the private detective is probably the one that got closest. Yeah. But really, that was a purely physical relationship. Yeah. Uh. Jimmy has, is obsessed with Rhonda, but she doesn't want to do anything for him. Obviously, I think the relationship takeaway from this movie is don't kill people <laughs> if you're in love with them and they don't <laughs> care about you. Right. And You won't um, get anything in return. Maybe don't date murderers. Yeah. If Jimmy wasn't killing people. And uh, if a guy asks you what a zipper's for on your little jumpsuit... Don't answer. And he is not interested in you for your personality. <laughs> That's a good lesson. Good lesson. We should uh, we should create a lessonalizer, <laughs> like on Solar Opposites. Yes. Caitlin, what are we going to talk about next week? I don't know, but I hope we find a really good one to watch today. Yeah. That's our goal. Right after this, we're going to go watch another one. That's how sad our lives are. We're great. Well, it's debatable. Maybe I'm, we'll talk about it next I week. I love our bad movies. Yeah, well, we both love bad movies. They're so good. But we need to get better at releasing these instead I know, of just recording, just recording them. them. Anyways, you can't find us on social media anymore, but you can head over to adjourneyintofilm.com. You can listen to old episodes of the podcast. You can read some cool articles in our defense of bad movies. And you can also listen to this podcast on your podcatcher of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Prime Podcasts, Pandora, if you listen to podcasts on there. I think we're pretty much everywhere at this point. And chances are pretty good if you're listening to this, you've already downloaded us on wherever. So keep checking us out, and um, we're going to get getting more better at doing this whole taking things seriously. Because there's too much negativity on the internet, and it's too easy to criticize something. Right? Just love what you love. Just love what you love, and... Uh, enjoy the films you enjoy. Yeah. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Now go watch a bad movie. 
Go watch a bad movie, tell us about it, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.